How's everybody doing with their fasting? I tell you right off, the first thing I do when I fast is cut out sugar. And uh, I go, I increase things from there. And just like Dad was saying, you know, you you can't get too, uh, you know, upset if you forget. Now, I almost forgot. I had that Dove chocolate in my hand, and the wrapper started to come. I went, oh, wait a minute, and put that back. You just don't know how hard that was to put it back. I'm in a habit. I'm such a habit of grabbing the sugar right after a meal, you know, something to just kind of cleanse the palate, you know, something, right? Well, I believe that God's doing something in me, and one of the things he's doing is definitely delivering me from the sugar demon. I have one. I found that out. And when you eat a lot of sugar and then you go off of sugar, your head starts to hurt, everything starts to feel bad in your body, but it doesn't last too long. It doesn't last too long. But I believe that God is doing something in our fasting because it is one of the things that we're going to talk about here today just a little bit, but it's something that draws us closer to Him, that increases us, increases our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, increases us, our ears, our listening ears and the Spirit to be able to hear what the Lord would say to us on a daily basis. And so when we live a life and we have fasting kind of worked in, it does something. But this morning, I want to talk to you about how God wants to increase you. God wants to increase you. And this year, we had that word that this is the year of increase. And so this morning, I want to go over a list of things that I believe God wants to uh, increase you in. And there's, there's, there's a whole lot more. This is not an extensive list this morning that we're going to be doing. I'm going to go over about 10 things or so. And we're going to just briefly move over each one. And then, you know, in the coming months, what we'll do is we'll take those individual ones and we'll explore them further uh, throughout the year because this year is the year of increase. I believe that. And God wants to increase us in certain areas. But before we get started, can we just pray one more time to the Father? Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for your presence. We thank you. Your word, it never returns void. And Lord, I thank you that you would speak to us something special to our hearts here today that you would want us to us to increase in. And Lord, that we would be able to seek after that and search after that and make changes in our life where we need to make changes, make changes to our schedule or whatever it may be that we need to do so that we can increase in these areas. Lord, I thank you for drawing us closer to you and that all distractions are gone right now. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. This morning with me, just focus with me just for a few moments here this morning on these, t- these subjects, these different ones. And if you're taking notes, jot these down. I'm going to get these notes within the next day or two and get them online for you because I want you to be able to have access to these and the different scriptures because I believe these areas here are, are really, really important for each of us to increase in. But first, I decided to look up increase in the dictionary just because I like to do that sometimes. And so the definition that I found was to become or make greater in size amount, intensity, or degree. Greater in size, amount, intensity, or degree. And I believe that's what God wants to do in you in these different areas that we're talking about. So keep that definition in mind. Size, amount, intensity, or degree. God wants to increase you in, the, in these areas in, in greater, 
bigger, larger in these areas. In Psalm 71, 21, it says, Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. The writer here in this chapter of Psalms was talking about the enemies that are coming at him and he's being delivered on all hands and his trust is in the Lord. And then he says this in verse 21, increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. And I looked at this word greatness in the Hebrew and it means to be or become great either in quantity or quality. So that's really close to our definition that we see in the dictionary, which is to Make greater in size, amount, intensity, or degree. Then I looked at the word increase. And this word increase means to be multiplied or just increased. And in matter of fact, that same word, when you see increase many times in the scripture, when you look up the Hebrew word for it, there's a couple different ones. But in general, it means to be multiplied. Not just, and I find it real interesting because it's not meaning just added to, it means multiplied. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was in school and I started doing addition and subtraction and all those things, when we got to multiplying, it was a lot more complicated. And there was all these multiplication things I had to memorize. And I think there was even like a little song that you could do, and you could you could do it. And there was all these techniques and things, and I remember putting in a, a, a tape or a CD yeah, I'm a little older, so it might have been a tape. I don't remember. But, you know, they had these things, and it was like these little drills that we would do to, you know, memorize the multiplication table. You know, they, you know, one times one is this, and just, just so forth and so on, all the way up. And it was just so much, I just found it so complicated compared to adding. I thought that adding was just a whole lot easier. easier. But one thing about multiplying is, is when you go eight times eight, it's a whole lot greater than 8 plus 8. It's just a whole lot more. And you get an, a, a larger increase when you multiply. And I believe that in these areas, God want, doesn't want us to increase slowly. I believe he wants us to multiply. Come on, somebody. This morning, amen. I mean, multiply. Not just adding, getting there a whole lot quicker. How many hate it when you get behind someone slow on the road and you're just like, please hurry up? Come on, be honest. Half of you just lied. Raise your hand. Come on. (laughs) It's been, you know, you're like, hurry up. I I need to get there. I need to get where, especially when you're in a hurry. That's when it's the worst because you're like, hurry up, move out of the way. I got to get to where I'm going. And sometimes in different areas in our lives, you know, there's things we want to see. There's things that God's shown us. There's all this stuff we want to do, but it just seems like we're just crawling And there's all these hindrances, you know, holding us back. And we're behind the slow car, even though we're in the fast lane. And that's what you're thinking. I'm in the fast lane. I'm supposed to be going faster. The speed limit's 55, and I'm going 45. What's going on? And it can be really, really frustrating. And so God wants to move us faster. And his lane is a whole lot different than even the fast lane. He has an express lane because if you obey his word and you get in his word and you obey it, you go fast. You go a whole lot faster to where you want to be and where you need to be when you're obedient to God's word. And this is the key to increase is obedience. We see this and David knew this 
in first Kings, when he's about to die and he's talking to his son, Solomon, it says this in verse one, first Kings chapter two, when David's time to die drew near, he commanded Solomon, his son, saying, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man and keep the charge of the Lord, your God, walking in his ways and keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do wherever you turn. And you see this word prosper, that's increase. When God is prospering you, he is increasing you. When he is bringing something your way and he's making something better in your life, he's enlarging your territory as as Jabez prayed. When he's blessing you, he's making you greater. He's making you bigger. He's multiplying you. And when we increase, God is glorified, and then somebody else, we can reach somebody else. And that's the key. And the key is obedience. Obedience in all of these areas of increase. So we want to keep in mind our definition of increase, which is to make greater in size, amount, intensity, or degree. And we also want to keep in mind the key to these things is to be obedient to God's word and what he says. Everybody saw it, so now it's coming off. Amen. It is just not working. Praise the Lord. Number one, things God wants to increase you in, the threefold cord of giving, prayer, and fasting. Now, we already talked about fasting. We talked briefly about that threefold cord. But see, what I, what I believe is that God wants to increase the thickness of your cord. Maybe you've only got one strand going. He wants you to add the other two. Maybe you've got two going and he wants you to add the other one because a threefold cord is not quickly broken. It's not easy to break a threefold cord. But if you've only got one going, it's a lot weaker. And God wants to make you stronger. He wants to make you stronger in all these areas we're talking about here, but he wants to make you stronger in the things that you face in life. He wants you to be able to bust through those and the way to defeat the enemy and the way to, to do that is with a real thick threefold cord. And so God wants to increase you in that. And in Matthew chapter 6 is where we see these three principles outlined in Matthew that Jesus went over. Now, two weeks ago, we were talking about fasting and we read those verses there and we talked about that. And and the thing that I believe that gets left out the most is the fasting, which is why it's so wonderful that we're doing this fast right now. Because many times we see fast as one of these things that's just fasting as optional. But yet in Matthew 6, the way that Jesus talked about it, that this is just the normal duty for every normal discipline for every Christian. These three things, praying, giving, fasting, All three, God wants to increase the thickness of your cord. Amen? Number two, God wants you to increase in wisdom, stature, and favor. We see in Luke 2, verse 52, that Jesus kept increasing in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and men. And see... It says this right after, see, he was only 12 years old. He was in the temple. His parents had lost him. He, they had a three-day journey to get back to where they had gone on a journey, and he's nowhere to be found. They go back, and they find him in the temple studying the Word. 
He's there talking about the word. And see, the thing is, is that Jesus knew what was going to cause him to grow in wisdom and stature and favor. He knew what was going to cause him to grow in wisdom. He knew what it was that he needed to do, where he needed to be. And it was in the word of God. And in the temple is where the word of God was found. And so that's where he was going to be. He was going to be about, as the scripture says, his father's business. That's where he was. And so God wants to increase us in wisdom, stature, and favor. The mental, the physical, and the spiritual. God wants you in good health. God wants you to be wise in all that you do. He wants you to have that uncommon sense. He wants you to be smarter than the politicians that we have. I should have got tons of amen on that one. They're not always making all the good decisions, right? God wants you to make good decisions. He wants you to have favor. You know, the thing about favor, and I've said this before, is that favor is not fair. You know, even though you may not deserve it, I may not deserve it. It doesn't matter. God wants to increase you in favor with God and with man. Everywhere you turn, that you have the favor of God in everything that you are doing, no matter what. That's what I believe God wants to increase you in. How many could use a little bit more favor in their life? That's all of us. And remember the key. The key is obedience. Obedience to the word. Number three, God wants to increase us in faith. He wants to increase your faith. In Hebrews eleven six it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Real popular verse in the chapter of faith. We've you know, many we've heard this before, but without faith it's impossible to please him. And then I looked up these other words here, you know, believe and diligent. You know, we've got to believe. We've got to believe that he what? That he is. I find that, you know, just real interesting. He says, believe that he is. Yeah, I, I, and I started thinking about that. What, what is that? that? That he is what? That he is God. There is no other. That he is the king of kings. That he's able to supply your needs. That he's able to do the things that he's promised in his word. That he just, he is. He's Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And that's, you know, that's key. And this is why when we preach the gospel, we've got to preach the whole thing. We've got to start with God created this earth. God created all these things because he's God. He spit out the stars. He just spoke it and it was. We've got to believe that God is. And see, when we start believing that God just is, something happens. We begin to increase. He is a rewarder of them. This is what's so good is God gives rewards. You know, all these different ones that start getting all upset about, you know, the prosperity preaching that we see uh, many times that that's what they call. They'll call it prosperity preaching. Now, I agree that sometimes we got some, you know, different ones that preach out here and they'll just preach. God wants to bless you. God wants to give you wealth. God wants to do that. And, And they don't take. That's all they say. See, God wants to give you those things so that you can help somebody else. And see, that's the other part of the prosperity message that many times doesn't get preached. But that doesn't mean the first part, you throw it all out. 
Because it says your cup runneth over in Psalms. You're supposed to be wealthy. And you say, well, why do Christians, and why are not all Christians wealthy? Why do we see that many times they're not? And, and the thing is, is that we get our definitions of what the, you know, these terms, what these, we get it kind of messed up on what it is. See, God will gives out to the measure that he believes you're supposed to have. And see, if he knows that you're just wanting it just for yourself and you're just going to hold it and not do anything with it, why would he give it to you? I, you know, because I've asked God about that. I said, God, how come I don't have more than what I got? He said, because you wouldn't use it, right? <laughs> and so, you know, I begin to pray about that. You know, this was, you know, a couple years ago. I said, you know, okay, this is, yeah, I have learned lessons about money and my property. Man, we, okay. But I have learned so many, you know, things over the years. I remember the first time I bought my own car. And, you know, the thing was is it was mine. And that's what I said. That car is mine. And no sooner... Did I stick out my chest and I was all happy with my slicked car with the, with the sunroof? I had a sunroof. Like it was a, you know, like it was a big thing. And, and you know, I had my own car. It had a spoiler on the back. I'm positive. And then I put a sound system in it where, you, you know, you could put the, the seat down, had a subwoofer right there. Yeah, I was one of them annoying guys <laughs> that you pull up and you boom. You know, that was me. And I thought I was all of that and a bag of chocolate chips and everything. Not just chips, chocolate chips. I had it going on. But see, no sooner did I stick out my chest and that car was mine and I had parked in the same spot at work every day and nothing happened to my car. But when I said that car is mine, I came out and the whole bumper was just scraped all to pieces. Some truck had come and just scraped up and didn't stop, didn't put the note, didn't do any of those kind of things like, here, call me, I hit you. It's like, what, what, what? I'm falling apart. You know, my heart was sinking because my, my bumper was all scratched up because it was mine. And, and I said, how could, and I was getting so upset and I was really, really angry. And so I started going down the road, and I was like, I can't believe this happened to me. And I'm halfway home, and I'm still, still, for 15 minutes, I'm just going on and on and on about how horrible this is. I can't believe that guy. And I said all kinds of awful things about that guy. And I said, I don't understand why this had to happen to me. And when I said that phrase, that's when it hit me. The car is mine. I had not given my car to God yet. I had not purposed in my heart that everything I own belongs to him. Everything that I have, every blessing that I have is because he decided to bless me with it. So the second half of the ride home was a totally different ride. I began to repent. I began to tell God, I'm sorry for not giving this car to you. And I give this car to you right now. With my hands on the steering wheel, I give this car to you right now. Because it's yours. Everything that I have is mine. And forgive me for the words I spoke against that guy. And then I began to bless the man 
who hit my car. Now, that was tough, but I did it. God began to free me up and show me that what I have is not really mine. And over the years, more and more and more, God has shown me over and over and over again. And he has to, it's like a reminder, like he's got to remind, remind me, it's not yours. It's not yours. When I feel prompted to take that cash out of my pocket or give or do something extra beyond my regular tithe and offering or whatever I do, you know, because I have a hard time sometimes letting it go. How many's ever been there? Just, just letting it go out of my hand. He's like, he reminds me, it's mine. And see, when we get to the spot where it's all yours, Lord, and we obe- we're obedient to his word, and we begin to get a heart of generosity, then we can start giving. And when we start giving, that's when it really starts coming back. Because when we give with the right attitude and the right heart, and our mindset is, I'm giving, not because, oh, I am just have to or I'm supposed to. Not just because of that. Because God said it in his word, that's why. God said it in his word, and I want to please him. Because it all belongs to him. It's all in the kingdom. And see, when it's all in the kingdom, then we're helping somebody. And God knows, when God knows that you can use the stuff that he gives you to further his kingdom, to enlarge his kingdom, he'll give you more. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that. And see, that's the other part of the prosperity message that's being preached that we don't hear so often. And that's why we've got all these people, you know, coming against all these prosperity preachers. You know, and and they're against the whole prosperity message. But I say that God wants to prosper you. Let me say it again. God wants to prosper you. He wants to increase you. He wants to make your name great so you can make his name great on this earth. That's what I believe. But you've got to be able to be obedient to his word. As David said to Solomon, and remember, Solomon started out really good, and he was the wisest man to ever lived on this earth. And what came to, he was the richest man. And, you know, the scholars and stuff, they tried to figure out how much wealth that Solomon had. They still say that Solomon, in regards to everyone else in that land in that time, had more wealth than any person even today had. That's how much wealth that Solomon had. The scholars agree. That's amazing. Why? Because he dared to not ask something for himself He said, Lord, I just want wisdom so I can govern your people right. God looked at his heart and said, that's the one. I'm going to bless him. I'm going to bless him. Why did the prayer of Jabez work for him? Why did he say, why, you know, if it's not okay to ask God for a blessing, why? And it's not okay, you know, to be like, why could he say, Lord, bless me? And God enlarged him. God did it. It says, and God did it. God did that for him. God can do it for you. And God will do it for you if you're obedient to his word. And you say, God, work on my heart. Don't don't give it to me. I've said it to God. I said, God, don't give it to me if I'm going to mess it up. Give it to me when when you know I'm right, when I'm ready. I don't even want it. Money can mess you up. We were supposed to do something totally different. But see, the, the spirit of God is really trying to say something here this morning. This is why in the scripture you see so many times that, you know, 
it, it, and you'll see this thing, and that's why people say, oh, riches are bad, because it says, you know, the riches and the rich young ruler that came to Jesus, and Jesus said, oh, he's got to sell all his stuff. Why? Because riches are bad. Uh-uh. It wasn't that riches were bad. It was that his heart wasn't right. It was that he had an issue with what he had. He was holding on too tight, and it was his. That's why Jesus said, go sell all that you have and give to the poor. And he knew, and he hung his head and he said he couldn't do it because he had many great possessions. He had all these things, and it was his. And God was trying to show him that it's not yours. And that's why he said it's, so, it's harder for a rich man to, to you know, go through an eye of a needle than to make it to heaven. That's why in Psalms it says, you know, in, it uses the word increase in one version. It says if increase, talking about riches and wealth, if, in, if, if the riches is bringing you increase, then, then, then run from it. That's what it says. It says to run from it. Because that's not supposed to be our increase. Our increase comes from God. Our increase doesn't come from money. Our increase comes from God. Money's just one of the tools that he increases you with. And there's many more. There's many more tools that he increases you with. And that's why the scripture said, if the riches is what's increasing you and you're relying on that, then run from it. Because you're not in the right spot. You're not in the right place. That's why we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. That's why, you know, Paul said, I press towards the mark. And, you know, when he said he pressed towards the mark, that means he had his eyes were focused somewhere. Our eyes have to be focused on what God is saying in his word, what God is saying to you, the revelations that he's giving you. And you do with what you have with what he says to do with. Number four. Amazing grace. Amazing grace. God wants to increase you with amazing grace. In Romans 5, 17, it says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. See, this goes good with what we were saying. Because God wants you to reign in what? Life. He wants to, you to reign in every area. What do you need to do that? An abundance of grace. You need his amazing grace because God's amazing grace will produce an amazing life. God's grace is amazing because it's what sustains us. It's not all these other things in this world that we run after. It's supposed to be God's grace that sustains us and allows us to rule in this life by Christ. Grace is is God's empowerment. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And that word strength is God's deutimous power. His power. And see, God, God's grace is his empowerment. He's empowering you to do what he's commanded you to do already in the word of God. Which when we do what he's commanded us to do, then he increases us so that we can do more. He blesses us. He prospers us. Amen? Number five, the fruit of the Spirit. 
And see, the fruit in Galatians 5, it's written as a singular, and we have nine attributes. That's what most scholars believe. It could be a little different. There, you know, some of them kind of disagree. But in Galatians 5, 22, 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And see, we see this fruit. This is like a singular fruit, which is love, and all the others you can pack into love. If you forget one of them, don't forget love. That's the one you got to remember. God wants to increase your love for him. God wants to increase your love for your family. God wants to increase your love for your friends. He wants to increase you in the fruit of his Holy Spirit. Amen? Six. God wants to increase you in quality relationships. Quality relationships. This is Paul's prayer for the church in 1 Thessalonians 3.12. It says, and may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all people. Love is the key to quality relationships. We've got to increase in love. We abound in love for one another and not just for each other as brothers and sisters in the Lord, but for who? All. All people. He wants to increase you in quality relationships. He said, well, teacher, I thought we were supposed to be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and, and, you know, don't be equally yoked with unbelievers and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but Jesus also said in John 17 to, that he's putting you in the world. He said, go into the world. I pray that you've not, not, I didn't do all this so that I could take you out of the world, but that you could go into it. God wants us to go into the world. And so that is a quality. He wants you to establish a quality relationship with somebody that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior so you can bring them to the Lord. That's why Jesus went and ate with the sinners. Why? And the Pharisees and all the religious folk had such a big problem with it. Why? But Jesus said, I, I, I'm here so that I can help them. They're the ones who need help. You don't need my help. That's what he was saying. So God wants to increase your relationship you know, quality of your relationships with the, with the person sitting next to you, but also those who do not know the Lord. I believe that's what God wants to do. This goes with number seven. God wants to increase your boldness. See, many times we fail to, to preach God's word, to preach his gospel, to, to run through an open door. And, you know, many, many times some, we'll establish a relationship and we know the person needs the Lord, but we won't open our mouth because we're afraid we might offend the person or we don't want to, you know, step on their toes or whatever it may be or whatever thought that the enemy comes to you to deceive you with. Because I'm going to tell you, if you ever get the thought, if you ever get a thought to tell somebody about Jesus, that is not from the devil. I can tell you that right now. If you get the thought to tell somebody about Jesus, I'm going to tell you 100% for sure, it's not even yourself. It's not even you telling you to do that. Because you won't tell you to do that. The devil won't tell you and you won't either. Because you're selfish just like I am. Amen. I know who told you that thought. It was the Holy Spirit. Right off, just straight up. The Holy Spirit is the one who quickens you to preach his word. See, Jesus always pointed to the Father. The Holy Spirit always points to who? Jesus. 
You see, he always is the one who says, tell them about Jesus who gave his life for them. Jesus always pointed to the Father. Now we have the Holy Spirit who always is pointing you to Jesus. Amen. Boldness. What do we need boldness for? To speak the word of God to others. In other words, witnessing, making disciples. We also need boldness to take a stand. You know, people respect others who take a stand. Now, I mean, you have some that won't. But by and large, people respect those that will take a stand for what they believe. See, they see weakness in those that will compromise their own beliefs. We need boldness to take a stand for what's right. We need boldness to be able to preach the word of God. It says in Acts, when you go through and you look at Acts and the different ones and the, and the apostles who preach the word, it says they preach the word with boldness. We see it many times. We, God wants to increase us in boldness. Ephesians 6.19 says that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth, what? Boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. And you say, well, TJ, I'm not so sure I'm confident enough to do that. Well, that's what God wants to increase you in. That's number eight, confidence. God wants to increase you in confidence so that you can be bold as a lion for him. In Hebrews 10, 35, it says, Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. What is it? Reward. Don't throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. See, the thing is, when we look in the Scripture and you look up the word reward and you start seeing the Scriptures that say that you're going to receive reward or you're going to get a reward, there's usually something you've got to do. And in this case, you've got to not throw away your confidence. See, the different people who get saved, and we got preachers out here preach, you know, and we say, you know, you're going to get a reward if you get saved. No, you're not. Not necessarily. There's something you've got to do to get the rewards. I know this is so hard. <laughs> For some of us, because I, you know, I went through many years of my life believing I'm saved. I'm going to be rewarded. I'm going to have these these jewels on my crown when I get to heaven. That's what I was told. Just for being saved. Look, you can pray a prayer and get a saved, but that doesn't mean your crown's going to get full of jewels on it. Only those that obey the commandments that are in the Word of God are getting rewarded. It's not about salvation. Salvation's a free gift. A reward, there's something you've got to do for it. Look, my little dog, I got this little puppy, right? He wants treats all the time. And he's got this little thing, and we're training him. He's got to go outside to go to the bathroom. And so if he goes to the bathroom outside, he gets his little treat. And he's so happy. He wags his little tail. He's all excited. Well, he started figuring out, like, well, if I go outside, maybe they'll give me a retreat or a treat. So he goes outside. He wanders around, but he didn't go to the bathroom. He comes back inside, and he goes right up to where the treat bag is. He sits down, and you know how the little dogs are, you know, when, when they're, when they're kind of big, and they just look so like, please. I, I was good. I went outside. You ain't getting no treat. You didn't go to the bathroom. So we don't give it to him. He looks so disappointed. He walks away. The tail stops wagging, and he goes into the other room. It was like 15 minutes later. He tries it. He's at the door. I'm thinking, okay, he's got to go out. So did I take him out? No. <laughs> I was like, Sarah, go take him out. <laughs> so she goes and takes him out, and I hear her, no, you didn't go, so you don't get a treat. 
comes back around the corner, his tail's not wagging. He's not excited. But when he goes out and he goes to the bathroom, he gets that reward. And when he comes around the corner, his tail is wagging. Trust me, your tail will wag when God blesses you. (laughs) You will do a booty shake or something. I'm telling you right now, church. Something will come over you. When God blesses you and you know it was God who blesses you, you will be excited. That's all there is to it. And God rewards the faithful. God rewards those who are obeying the commandments in his word. Not everybody gets a reward. Rewards go to those who are willing to do what the majority of people are not willing to do. Amen. Number nine, real quick, we've got to do two more. We're going to do them real fast. Number nine, the depth of your worship. God wants to increase you in the depth of your worship. First Chronicles 16, 29 says, Give unto the Lord the glory due, mm, due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. See, I underline that word due. Why? Because it's due him. It's due to him. And that goes back to, you know, when we have faith, we believe that he is. And because of just who he is, we're to worship him. Whether maybe we don't feel like it or this, we're to worship him. It doesn't matter. God wants to increase you in your depth of worship. And number 10 is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. God wants to increase you in the fear of the Lord. Now, this is not you being afraid of God. Like if you do something wrong, God's going to, you know, zap you with his lightning belt. (laughs) You know, that's not what it is. The fear of the Lord is a respect and honor and awe of God. God wants to increase that in you because when you honor him, when you get a revelation of who he is and see the fear of the Lord is very difficult to describe. It's very difficult to, to, to describe and to put into words. But when you start to get it, your intimacy with the Lord goes to a different level. All of a sudden, it's not hard to be holy. All of a sudden, it's not hard to open your mouth and tell someone about the Lord. To really know the Lord and who he is. And get this church, this is one thing before we go. To really get to know who Jesus is, you have to fear him and you have to love him. You can't do one without the other. They go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. Next week, you do not want to miss this next week. We're going to talk about the fear of the Lord. We're starting with number 10. We're not going back and doing number one. We're starting with number 10. Because I believe everything, because we've talked so much about that first and greatest command, about loving the Lord your God, I believe we need to talk about the fear of the Lord. And when you couple that with your love for him, God's going to do some great things in your life. Can we all stand? I want to read this last scripture. It's Acts chapter 9, verse 31. Acts chapter 9, verse 31. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace, being built up, and going on in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it continued to increase. So it says the church did this. And for this church 
for this body of believers, for you, I believe this is what he wants for us. That as we go on in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, that we are going to increase. Amen. There's other things I believe that God wants to increase you in. Maybe you were sitting here and God spoke to your heart and it was a different area, something that's not on the list. Just put it down. Add this to it. Begin to work towards it. Begin to look up scriptures on it. Begin to claim those scriptures. Begin to be obedient to the word of God in those areas. Maybe it's anointing, strength, good health, hunger for God. There's so many different more, so many different you know, ones that we could talk about. There's, this list is, is, is short. This is very short. But I believe it's a really, really good start in what God wants to increase us in. If you're here this morning and you're like, TJ, I need to increase in some of these areas here. I need it big time. And, you know, I need my heart to change in some areas as well so that God can, can go ahead and increase me. Raise your hand. That's me. I know. Let's pray. Let's ask God. Let's go to him. Just like Jabez, he said, bless me. We can say that to God. We can say, God, bless me. Lord, this morning, right now, with our hands raised before you, in agreement here in this place, Lord, just as Jabez came to you and said, enlarge my territory, increase me, Father. Lord, I, I just pray that we would increase. You've spoken this word to us, that this is the year of increase. And I thank you, Lord, that in the, these ten areas, Lord, that we've outlined here this morning, that you would increase us in all of these and many others as well. You would increase Lord, in jobs and promotions, you would increase in our bank accounts, but not just in those financial areas, but you would increase us in wisdom. You would increase our love for one another, for the brethren. Increase us. Give us a heart to preach your word, to speak your word boldly. Lord, I thank you for infusing each one here with their hand raised with boldness to speak your word and give them the confidence, Lord, that they need to be able to speak your word and receive the reward. As it says in Hebrews, that those that do not throw away their confidence receive the reward. Lord, we do not want to be left out. Lord, we know that there's rewards that we can receive now, and we call them in right now. We call in those rewards right now in Jesus' name as we're obedient to your word, Father God. Lord, prompt us where we're not being obedient to your word. Lord, cause us to get on our face, to cry out to you, to seek you intimately during this time of fasting, during these next few weeks, Lord. Lord, I think it's just for breakthroughs this week in Jesus' name in every area, Father God. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand, will you? Hallelujah. God is good. Amen.